0: Hey guys, this is the Real Estate Podcast, and this is your host, yours truly, Matt Teifke. Real quick, before we dive in, if you don't mind, please make sure to subscribe to our channel. We want to get the message out that real estate can be for everybody. We want to share the entrepreneurship that we're learning along our journey. So before we dive into the episode, please make sure you share with your friends, and we want to continue to add value. So thank you guys, and let's dive right into the episode.
1: Yeah, I've talked about it like a real full circle moment for the cannabis industry where big cannabis company like us is buying a, actually a former federal prison in New York State, uh, and we're going to take a place that used to lock people up for marijuana and employ them gainfully and create economic stimulus by manufacturing marijuana and selling it legally. And we will build a marijuana campus. Uh, we're investing lots of money, you know between fifteen and hundred million dollars into a campus that'll produce cannabis, we'll grow it indoor. Uh, And make our brands and and CPG products to distribute to our stores and stores throughout the state.
0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Real Estate Podcast. Matt and Alex here in Austin, Texas. And we're super excited. We got Ben Kovler, uh, CEO, Green Thumb Industries. Man, we couldn't be more pumped up for you to join. Appreciate your time and thanks for coming on. Happy to be here thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. You're doing some really cool things and I I love listening to your interviews and every time you come out and talk. Uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like you're uh, leading the industry in the sense of, just from my perspective, like somebody who actually enjoys and, and promotes the can- the plant and also the uh, social equity side, but also running the business. So what we'd love to do, man, if, you ha- if you're okay with it, is kind of Give us a little quick background of kind of how you got to the position you are in uh, today, leading Green Thumb, and we'll just dive in with questions and and talk about the company as we go.
1: Sure. Uh, So yeah, happy to be here and happy to share the story. Ben Kobler, uh, born in Chicago. My background, uh, went to school in Chicago, then went to undergrad in California, voted for Prop 215, which was actually the first medical marijuana bill in the country. Uh, Very American experience in California. It's grown now over the last 20 plus years. Uh, I went out of college into private equity in the business world and consumer packaged goods, CPG, similar to some of the stuff we're doing now. I left that to teach school. I spent three years teaching math in the classroom. I like puzzles, brain teasers, numbers, uh, comes up in several different things uh, during the day for me. I enjoy it. Um, Started doing investing on the side, saw the cannabis business, moved back to Chicago I was working in the equities business, uh, running a portfolio of equities, hedge funds, and then direct operating businesses. Got my MBA at the University of Chicago while running a small operating business, like running operating companies. Started something called Invest for Kids, uh, which is a hedge fund charity conference in Chicago centered around great ideas, raising money to invest in children's charities, driving opportunity. And then kind of along came cannabis. I read the law in late 2013. It was really implemented in 2014 in Illinois, the medical cannabis pilot program. So I'd seen California and I'd seen Colorado. Uh, My wife was from Denver. So we'd seen the business there, but it was a little different and the Illinois opportunity looked quite good. Um, And one thing led to another, happy to go into any detail you want, Uh, but we applied, raised money uh, and did well in Illinois and built the business really brick brick by brick, starting in 2014 um, to where we are today in
0: 2021. It's beautiful, man. And uh I love your uh for me, it's like a famous interview where you talked about new facts being hard and we believe in math. And I always see you posting little uh little brain teasers on Twitter. So it's pretty cool. And uh one thing real quick is uh congrats. I, I saw today you guys uh just uh released the news about the uh Chelsea location, and so yep. that's that was today. So that's that's pretty exciting.
1: Thanks. Yeah, that opens tomorrow in Chelsea, close to Boston Logan if you land go over to uh, what's green star soon to be rise next year. Uh, but a great new location, beautiful build out uh, near the encore over there as well. So it cool. should be great.
0: One thing I'd Brilliant. like to talk about uh, since this is the real estate podcast. Uh, I love the concept of the, uh, the property you guys bought in Warwick and uh, the uh, old prison. Can you kind of tell us about that and uh, how that played out and what that might look like in the future?
1: Sure. Yeah, I've talked about it like a real full circle moment for the cannabis industry where big cannabis company like us is buying actually a former federal prison in New York state. uh, And we're going to take a place that used to lock people up for marijuana and employ them gainfully and create economic stimulus by manufacturing marijuana and selling it legally. Uh, So we're taking the land. It's in Warwick and Orange County, just north of the city. Beautiful area, very fertile ground, uh, famous for a lot of things like the wine country and the apples and various things there. And we will build a marijuana campus. Uh, We're investing lots of money, you know, between 50 and hundred million dollars into a campus that'll produce cannabis. We'll grow it indoor uh, and make our brands and and CPG products to distribute to our stores and stores throughout the state. Uh, So that's, we've broken ground. Just saw some pictures recently. It's going well. Uh, We expect to be operational by the end of next year, you know, really like within a year from now with product in 2023, hopefully aligned with when the state turns on.
0: And something like that. Uh, I'm assuming it will not have a retail component to it. It's it's more just the operations.
1: Hundred percent. It's a manufacturing facility. Uh, that product will leave there securely to go be delivered to point of sales dispensaries. Whether I, I don't know if Warwick's doing a dispensary or not, but not uh, not our plan at the moment is a campus for production.
2: And are y'all going to be working with um, some form of organization that helps employ people when they're getting out of prison? Is that what you're saying? Your goal is to hire people who used to be locked up now to work in this facility?
1: Well, two different things. One is the hiring plan there that, that will incorporate that, but this this is more about just buying this facility and creating an economic stimulus there. There are not a lot of local people that used to be locked up in the prison there to employ. Instead, for, for that sort of thing, we're, we're active with several different groups, like in Philadelphia, we just underwrote a Philadelphia Lawyers for Social Equity that's working on getting people out of jail and then clearing a record uh, when they're out of jail, why not prosper and other sorts of groups. Uh, but we would like to target a workforce uh, that's both local and uh, with prior records or, or uh, you know, problems based on the war on drugs. Oftentimes the rules within the state make that hard, uh, but we're trying to attack that problem in several ways.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, Ben. I know uh, you guys have a big focus on, you know, like you said, CPG and building out a bunch of different brands, um, you know, I love the different concepts and I'm super intrigued by the beverages that y'all have. We can't get them here in Texas. Uh, although I'm dreaming of what those taste like, but someone like yourself you're, you're leading a, a really big, you know, one of the largest in the world cannabis companies um, and it's a legitimate business. And there's still this stigma out there of the way people judge the plant. Like I'm just kind of, I don't know the exact question, but kind of curious what that's like for you. Like, you know, leading this company and then people, still thinking like people should be in jail for this. And if you're having, you're still having to have those conversations or are, are you removed from people like that, that don't understand it and you're just focused on building this business?
1: It's a great question. No, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of misunderstanding. I don't come across too many people that think we should continue to lock people up. It seems a lot of people are stuck in the, in the sort of conundrum hypocrisy of what's going on here without a path out. Uh, there's not a lot of anti vibe. There is some. There, is, there are some people, but you, you have basically 70 percent of the country approving adult use, over 90 percent in favor of medical. So, <clears throat> excuse me. There are probably some fringe opinions on the negatives of the product, but in general, uh, it's becoming more and more accepted. However, that doesn't. That's not about the stigma of use or the stigma of the plant, which I think is also part of your question. Yeah, uh, you know, first I like it. I like the fertile ground. I like the nature of changing the way people think. Think it's exciting, and you know you challenge people's assumptions, and things can get a little better. You think freshly, uh, so to me that that's fertile ground. That's fun thinking, um, and we lead by example. We're trying to build credibility with everything we're doing versus banging the chest and saying we're going to lift this much or weigh this much or have this much, and we just kind of get out there and start doing it. You know, employing people, doing it well, serving the patients, serving the consumers, and we think we build good credibility and continue to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's a, a lot of obviously factors going on like companies trying to get involved in the space and you know a lot of people that are maybe all talk but obviously you guys are are leading the industry in a lot of ways and just i've uh, listened to you many times where you're like you know the stock market or the financial market may be doing a certain thing but we're not worried about that we're we're focused on getting this message out on what the plant can be and the power of it and you always fall back on like there's people in jail right now you know and this is messed up and so it's just I just really respect the way you're approaching the industry. I know you're a, a cannabis fan yourself um, and you know the CEO which is pretty rare like most most of these people are maybe just CEOs and they, you know they don't smoke the plant, they don't touch the plant. And so as someone who's passionate about the plant, like it's cool to have see someone leading the industry on, on both sides. Um,
1: Thank you. yeah and- no fully into it. I mean look you got to have the passion for it. I don't think I'd still be doing it if I wasn't enjoying it uh, loving it and trying to drive the experience. To me, there's a lot of fertile new ground. This wave has not fully come across the country, and I don't think people fully know what's going on on one coast to the other. We just opened a consumption lounge, speakeasy. Uh, we got some media coverage in the last week. The on-prem experience is brand new. We don't have the holy grail for how it's going to work, but we know that people are consuming and why should they all be consuming in their garage or their backyard? And can't we offer some really forward thinking? And, you know, we like that sort of stuff. We're driven by that. so. I- appreciate your comments and we think there's a lot more
0: to go yeah absolutely what uh what's the main goals right now i mean it's just kind of because like things aren't going to be opening up anytime soon i mean i guess that could change but just keep keep building the footprint for green thumb i know you have some really cool different locations and different brands um is there anything on the horizon that you'd like to talk about or um, that you find super valuable
1: we're working on a lot of different things You know, the main focus remains high quality product. I think, you know, it all starts with the flour. Uh, If we can continue to drive the quality of Rhythm Flour nationally, uh, we're going to win. We don't always get it perfect. We're working on a lot of different new fresh things, but it all starts with that. We understand that as a company. uh, We're focused on that. It's hard to scale it. We've seen a lot of stumbles on it, but our core thesis around that uh, has remained true, and we continue to focus on it.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the beverage, um, you know, one thing that I'm super intrigued on is, like I said, what those things taste like, and I personally feel like they're a really good replacement for alcohol. Um, I don't know if that if beverages are getting that traction. What I what I feel like they can is that uh, maybe because of the logistics of how you can get these out to consumers, uh, is it? Am I accurate in that it could potentially be a replacement for some people? Like, how do you view beverages in general?
1: Yeah, very exciting. So first, it sounds like it's time for a road trip. Come to Illinois, go to (laughs) Massachusetts, California. The product's awesome. And you're totally right. It's a replacement. Think of it as the Chardonnay or the White Claw. Better for you, all natural, less calories. Um, And so we're seeing a lot of traction. We're seeing a lot of adoption. There's a lot of interest. Uh, The point of sale remains the dispensaries. In a place like Illinois, there's a limited number of stores, and it's not as widely accepted. Certainly not available in any sort of on-prem experience. Uh, But it's coming. And so we like to be a little bit ahead of the curve. It's a small segment. It's a large capital investment. There's a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense. The supply chain's not ready for it. The trucks can't handle it. The the vaults are full. You know, the the bags are too big. There's not enough deliveries. There's a lot of reasons why it kind of doesn't work. But to your idea of you're at an outdoor wedding, do you want more beer or do you want an ice can, you know, lemon lavender, which is awesome, Um, and, you know, no hangover. And, And I still can't find anybody that likes to be hungover. I'm not sure how it is down in Texas. I don't spend enough time, but... I don't think the people like hangovers
2: there. <laughs>
1: they drink. Uh, so major replacement, you know, alternative uh, experience. Um, so it's not going to kill the alcohol business in any way, shape or form, but it's uh, additive.
0: Yeah, it's just so unfortunate. Like you said, I mean, it's being held back by the, you know, it can, be, it can only be sold in these dispensaries. And I just... I don't know how long it's going to take, man, but just sitting on the sidelines, like we got to get this out there. Um, genuinely can't wait. Uh, one thing I also wanted to touch on, just hearing it from the outskirts about the big pressure with, you know, some people were really wanting safe banking to go through. Is that, how does that affect you guys? Is that like a, a, I know it'd be better if that opens up, but as far as running your businesses and your retail dispensaries, is that as big of an issue as a lot of people would like to make it seem as far as not being able to bank with, with certain institutions?
1: a major factor running an illegal business, not having the same kind of access. We've been able to be successful in this environment. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to be successful if, if things become more normalized, there's more access as well. Uh, but it's certainly an impediment and a barrier to entry. So if one of the goals of the industry is let more people into the industry, keeping the barriers of entry into the industry high makes zero sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense if that's how, if you think logically for what the goals are. So for a, a business like ours, it, could, it can go from good to better. Things can continue to improve, um, but we don't. it's not a must need. You know, yeah. we sort of said the Green Thumb is positioned to not need federal change in order to be successful. Profitable, cash flow positive. We have a huge amount of growth pent up in the business based on the consumer demand for the product that the rules allow us to do. There's a very wonky tax structure that is incredibly punitive. There's non-listings and capital market environments. Cost of capital is more or less normalized, um, but access to is a major deal. So you know, we're, we're in the side of having access, so it's not going to materially impact the business in a make or break sort of fashion. However, if the industry wants more people in the industry, we've got to let it easier for people to get in and borrow money and have access to capital to fuel the capitalism cycle.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, 100%, it seems like a probably another conversation, but these politicians that are saying like, you know, we don't want to give these big companies access. And it's like, you're actually, you're hurting everyone else. Like you got, like you said, y'all are going to be fine. And I know that you care about the, uh, the other side of the equation as well. Uh, but it just seems like there's something else going on there on why they're restricting people. From I haven't people heard like, that line,
1: but that doesn't, you're right. The, the logic behind that doesn't make sense. And like I've said before, DC is a place where common sense and logic do not lead the conversation. We try to run the business led by common sense and logic. So that's why those are at odds often. I try not to burn a lot of calories there.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you.
2: With um, with y'all's emphasis on uh, the consumer experience with your products, what do you feel uh, Green Thumb does that separates yourself from anybody else? And like, what is y'all's focus on you know, R and D and getting your teams to develop the best consumer experience with your products. Is it quality, like in the flour, and having the best flour out, out there available, or is there other things involved with, with the experience as well?
1: I mean, it's all of the above. It's a good question. It's how to differentiate. A lot of people are chasing, it's keeping that honest brand relationship with the consumer and high quality flour. So it's every detail from seed all the way to sale through the process. Uh, it's, it's not one single thing, and then it's driving R&D on product development, uh, especially on the CPG side. So, you know, it's a sort of a, a non-answer of what differentiates us, you know, sort of the consumer judges every day as they walk into the store and have their options. is a brand new experience, um, so we're trying to load it up so that we're set up in a position to win. We think our just how we go about grabbing the mind share of the consumer and what the products are and what's inside uh, is a successful formula. But it's, it's, it's all of the above, kind of a little of this, little of that in order to make it work. Um, and So far, so good, but a lot of work to go. Uh, this industry is just really forming now.
0: Um, ben, I'm curious. I know you have uh, a lot on your plate, a lot to handle, a lot to focus on. How do you look at something like Texas, for an example, where there's not a lot going on? Obviously, it's a big market. Are you? Do you guys think about it or are you just say, hey, we'll worry about that later? We got we got plenty to handle. Like, How do you stay ahead of certain markets like that?
1: Yeah, we've had a pretty US centric focus. So we're not incredibly focused internationally on what's happening there. So that means we're following what's happening in the US pretty closely. Uh, There's only 50 states, there's not 150. So we're watching pretty much every state and the population of the states matter. Texas is a largely populated state. Uh, So the medical market in Texas exists, there's funky rules. Um, three operators currently,
2: uh, we're following it. Yeah. With, uh, y'all mentioned that you have a, a lot of stuff going on, which, uh, I understand. Is there any, any project or, or any direction or any new venture that y'all are currently working on that you're really excited about here in the near future?
1: Well, I think as we, there's a lot of different things. Well, you know, cer- certain product developments are pretty exciting coming. I don't want to tip the hand too much there. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, We talked about on-prem consumption, look for that to continue. Uh, I don't know if that's a big needle mover for the business on a revenue side, but I think it's a differentiator for us. And then um, I think the new state's opening. You look at 2021, you had four states turn on or or approve, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Virginia, all four. I think uh, New Jersey was the end of last year, then the governor signed it this year. But literally, that's a 2021 event. Those are four markets. It's about 40 million people. A very big market and it hasn't turned out none of those have gone adult use yet connecticut has an established medical program but the other ones are like nascent so that's the, the focus i mean it's still kind of square one day one situation versus something too far out there um so, so that's why i would say the exciting part of the business we continue to watch california i think there's a lot of attention and minutes paid to california we hope not to lose a lot of money in california as a business and for the shareholders uh but watch that market and learn and see what's happening.
0: That's great. Well, Ben, uh, you know we really appreciate you, man. We appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time. Anything else that you'd like to touch on, or you would find valuable to just get out there to some of our listeners?
1: No, love to. You know, love the interaction with with uh, with, with you know fans, consumers, shareholders, uh, whoever it may be. This is brand new, uh, and particularly on the product, uh, we respect a lot of high quality product. And we know that there's a lot of people out there that that have a real relationship here. So, you know, that's what we want to continue to foster and enable. Um, Maybe you're not right now in Texas, but welcome you guys to come on up, travel north. I welcome you in the consumption lounge and you can broadcast your next one with somebody else if you'd like. Um, But no, excited about where we're all headed.
0: That'd be great, man. Well, thank you so much. And uh, keep leading the industry, man. Keep uh, keep laying it down when they ask you these tough questions. We appreciate you.
1: No problem. We're here. Thanks guys. All right. right. Thanks guys. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take care.